Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review, and I don't do very many middle-of-the-road or bad reviews, but <laughs> we're going to talk about Mars Attacks. Now, when this movie was coming out, came out in uh, December of 1996, uh, you know, I was a huge Tim Burton fan, thought this was a great idea. The cast is insane for this film. Jack Nicholson playing two roles. Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Rod Steiger, Tom Jones, Lucas Haas, Natalie Portman, Jim Brown, Lisa Marie, Christina Applegate, Jodon Baker, Pam Greer, Paul Winfield, Jack Black in an early role. He was young and skinny and so many more people. Holy crap. This was just filled to the brim but that was the idea it turns out that screenwriters were working on a couple of ideas that got to tim burton one of them being mars attacks the other one dinosaurs attacks they're both properties from the baseball card company tops baseball cards you know the trading cards when we had them as a kid you could get the mars attack stuff and they were you know cartoony and, and crazy and um Anyway, they decided not to make... Alex Cox was trying to make this. He's the guy who's made some very edgy independent films. He was trying to get this done in the 80s and just never got it off the ground. So they had a couple of screenwriters rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it. And finally, when they decided they weren't going to do Dinosaurs Attack because of Jurassic Park, they finally got a budget. Budget was about $80 million dollars. By the time they filmed it, about $70 million, but then they put $20 million of marketing on top of it. But the producers tried to lower it. Uh, Tim Burton wanted it higher. Larry J. Franco, who produced a lot of the John Carpenter movies, worked on this with him. Um, Danny Elfman did the music. You've got great cinematographer Peter Sushitsky. Um, everything came together to make an epic film. And... It kind of fell on deaf ears. I mean, it made about $100 million, which in 1996, 97, that was a lot of money. You know, not very many movies crossed that $100 million mark, but still, because they spent almost 90 on making it and marketing, it was not considered a success. No sequels, no anything else has ever come out ever since. So this is a movie that I never really owned in my collection. And a few years ago, one of the UK stores I import stuff from had this incredible steel book. And I'll put it in the graphic for this podcast. It's an insanely cool steel book of the aliens' brains, basically, and their little faces. And it's kind of embossed and it's just a, so I will, and it was cheap. It was like 10, 15 bucks. I'm like, okay, well, I've never had a copy of this movie in high def, you know, and that went on the shelf and went into a box and has been there ever since. And it's just not one of those movies I pull out very often. And I, I am still, a, to a certain extent, a Tim Burton fan. But I also think he's done some great movies and then he's kind of, kind of, kind of treaded water for a while, you know, kind of sitting in space, kind of doing the same thing. And, and hopefully he gets back too, because he's done some movies that really could have been great, like Dark Shadows, but weren't, you know, and sometimes he two Tim Burton's things, if that's a, a word. But anyway, so I pulled this out because, you know what? I'm looking for a sci-fi movie to watch tonight. Um, I've got this really cool steel book. I haven't watched the movie in 20 years or more. Let's put it in and see. And of course, when they, the, the opening special effects, and I'm going to get into some spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie, it's 24 years old. You should have seen it by now. Um, 
some of the special effects in the movie hold up really well to this date, like the aliens themselves. Uh, they're in the White House. They're in flying saucers. They're in scientific rooms. You know, the aliens were animated very, very well and look great to this day. And some of the special effects, the explosions, the city stuff, the, the, the massive destruction, that all looks pretty great. Some other things look truly horrible, like the flaming cows at the beginning. Uh, it opens up with a couple of guys out in the middle of nowhere, and they hear this noise over the, over the, coming over the hill, and all of a sudden all these cows that are on fire come running past them. But it looks like a bad video game from the 90s. The fire doesn't really, it's not really touching the cows as it kind of hovers across the screen. And Okay. Um, and later on, when they do the, uh, the head change with Sarah Jessica Parker's character and put her head on a dog... That looks really terrible. I, I know what they were going for. And, and one of the... Sorry, I had to take a sip there. One of the things about the movie is they were trying to make a tribute to Plan 9 from Outer Space and stuff. And so I wish they had used some stop-motion animation and some truly bad effects. But honestly, it looks like they tried to do it good, you know, and technology 24 years ago just wasn't to the point to do some of the superimposed things and some of the things they wanted to do but a lot of the movie looks great the flying saucers look great the landings the the alien especially the aliens they got the aliens right to go with the property that they were trying to make here but sitting down to watch the movie now um it's okay there's a lot i really liked it's a little long even though it's only 106 minutes um and why get Jack Nicholson to play two different roles in the same movie? He's just one of those actors that no matter what costume he puts on or accent he changes, he's still Jack Nicholson. And having him play two different characters, the president and this slimy guy in Vegas, um, it just didn't work for me at all. I mean, it, his accent was different, but it's kind of the same thing that happened to Eddie Murphy. Um, first, he did one movie where he was two characters, and then he was three characters, and then with some of those movies, he was six characters. And even with the upcoming, um, uh, uh, what are they making? Coming to America 2. You know, the new trailer that appeared on Amazon this week, they haven't learned anything. Uh, I know these are great character actors and they can do multiple characters in a movie, but why? If you're spending millions of dollars on the movie, just get somebody else. It's just not always that funny to see Medea again or or Eddie Murphy playing three characters in a movie. I Maybe I'm in the minority and everybody loves him so much that this will fly right over their heads, but, you know, I just... I have never understood putting the same actor and multiple characters in a movie unless they're playing twins, they're playing long-lost twins. There's been several movies like that where somebody had to play two different sides of the twin thing, and that makes sense to me. But just to have him in a movie twice, just to play two different characters, it, that didn't work for me at all. Some of the other characters, I think what you got to respect is that everybody bought into this 110%. I mean, Glenn Close playing the first lady, she's a terrible, terrible person, but obviously it's a, you know, it's a larger than life portrayal of this first lady. Um, really, some of the characters, a, amazing job. Some of the others, Sarah Jessica Parker just doesn't work in this movie and, and, Unfortunately, she's just not very attractive either. They made her up to be somebody who woos Pierce Brosnan. There were several other 
actresses in the movie who would have done a better job than Sarah Jessica Parker, but she was pretty big at the time with, I guess, Sex and the City was on and she was making other movies. Martin Short playing a Lothario, you know, playing a press secretary who gets women into bed to show them the White House and stuff. Um, I guess, again, he was trying to make a cheesy movie and having these people play against type was a good idea, or at least it seemed like on paper. But watching it 24 years later, it just some things are out of place. Some characters shouldn't have tried. Other things work very well. And overall, the movie is entertaining. It's not a bad movie. It's a well-made, not good movie. You know, it's very well made. And you can, there are people that are huge fans of this movie. And I don't want to take anything away from that. If you love this movie, the biggest check out I had was towards the end when they figure out what's going to save the world. You know, in War of the Worlds, it was the common cold. But in this, it is a Slim Whitman song, the Indian Love Call. And Lucas Haas' character figures this out. When his grandmother's listening to the music and the aliens come in, their heads explode. So then he puts it in the car and they and they drive around with big speakers and, and they kill all the aliens in town. Then he goes to a local radio station and puts it on the radio. Then all of a sudden the armed forces are doing it around the globe. All right. We had scenes that showed how they took people apart and put heads on other bodies. We had scenes that explained things. There is nothing in the movie that explains how we got from a small town playing the song to the whole world knowing that the song would save. It one 30-second to one-minute scene would have explained it. Somebody heard it. Somebody They made a phone call. They, you know, Somebody was driving through town and saw it. You know, they could have come up with a hundred different ways to connect how this happens, and they don't. It's just all of a sudden the world knows about the song. All of a sudden everybody plays the song. The spaceships crashed. Everybody who was with the aliens dies. Um, I don't know. That was just a big disconnect for me in the movie that they really didn't stick the ending or at least the reason for the ending. Other than that, though, the creature designs, obviously they're going off the top trading card line, were great. Um, how they made Lars, Mars look at the beginning with the spaceships taking off and coming to Earth um, with the Danny Elfman score playing. Love the score. Danny Elfman's fantastic. Um, some of the production design was great. The clothes, the costuming. Um, a lot of the movie works. Obviously, a lot of people worked very hard on this and, and you know followed the vision to the end. It just didn't all come together. And, and to this day, you know, it's not... The movie made $101 million. I'm sure they were expecting a $300 million movie, or they were at least hoping for. Um, it was. It got semi-good reviews at the time. It's currently riding around 50% now on Rotten Tomatoes, and it still doesn't have 100 reviews. Um, but audiences gave it a B on the cinema score scale, so I guess a lot of people walked out of the movie and liked it. I just thought, you know... I know what he was going for, and he achieved most of it, but overall, the movie just doesn't, you know, doesn't stick the landing. At the end of it, you're like, okay, well, I watched it, and that was about it. There were some incredible references in the movie, everything from from classic directors like Kubrick or Kurosawa to the, the trading card stuff and the homages to the B-movies, the Ed Wood stuff. Um, I think this was a labor of love. I just think, you know... It's not The Day the Earth Stood Still or a comedy version of that. It's not Dr. Strangelove. And they were going for that kind of classic. <sighs> they just didn't get there. The movie did win a few awards. Um, it was on the short list to get an Academy Award nomination, but it lost out to Independence Day, Dragonheart, and Twister, which, in retrospect, all those movies were better special effects. Um, Danny Elfman won Best Music 
they were nominated for some special effects things. Um, even nominated for Best Science Fiction Film at Saturn Awards, but Independence Day won. And nominated for a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. Uh, I don't know that it really fits dramatic presentation. But if you love Mars Attacks, I would get a copy. The Blu-ray looked great. This was an import Blu-ray that was all region, so it played just fine on my 4K player, upconverted. Movie doesn't look bad at all for its age, for 24 years old on a Blu-ray. Doubt it will ever get a 4K release because the special effects just would not hold up in a higher resolution. But, you know, the way it's filmed and the way it's an entertaining interesting project from Tim Burton, but not one that's going to be recommended with like his Batman movies or some of uh, Nightmare on Before Christmas, which that you need to watch the new Netflix series, uh, the holiday movies that made us. So you get in to find out that Nightmare Before Christmas was an all Tim Burton, right? <laughs> but anyway, getting off subject. Tim Burton was one of my favorite directors in the, in the mid 80s to the mid 90s. And nowadays I take it with a grain of salt when he does uh, Dark Shadows or whatever, you know, and he puts some big actors in a movie that just doesn't I, what was the last great movie he made um Sweeney Todd maybe I don't know anyway I still like Tim Burton I I, I still like his movies and, and what he does but Mars Attacks it would almost be nice if somebody would remake this with today's special effects and really go over the top with it and make it because like I said if they were shooting for that b-movie bad special effect thing then have some bad special effects but it looked like they tried to finish everything off and make it look great so that I, you know, have a problem with that. Uh, but anyway, Mars Attacks, not my favorite movie. I'm glad it's in the collection. I absolutely love the Steel Book, and I will revisit it at some point when I have a friend go, you know, I've never seen that Tim Burton movie, Mars Attacks, and then we'll pull it out and watch it. But other than that, uh, there are far better um, Tim Burton movies to watch, far better science fiction movies to watch that came out that year. You know, <laughs> if you want to watch a 24-year-old movie, pull out Jurassic Park. That one holds up. Even the special effects hold up pretty well. But anyway, Mars Attacks, it's a labor of love and a guilty pleasure for some. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Please check it out. Check the links. Share, subscribe, like, whatever you can do to support. And I really thank you very much for listening. And in the, because we have this holiday thing going on, Merry Christmas!